Welcome to the Ultimate Football Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Reyes, here with my guy, Joseph Silva, the latest addition to the Tough Team. How you doing, Joseph? I'm doing good. I'm excited to talk football again. Ready for the season to start soon. Exactly, yeah. The season is starting very soon. Um, I feel like it's honestly a really fast um, offseason. I mean, it's just so many dang moves, um, especially with my Chargers, but like all over the league. I felt like the draft was a lot of fun, and um, I don't know, like, this is the fastest offseason has moved for me, like, my whole life, which I'm very happy about because it means football is right around the corner, and so that means we should start covering teams, so um, I don't know if you guys remember, but Joseph was on our podcast last year talking about, was it the Rams or fantasy football? We were recapping week two of the NFL. Oh, okay, it was a week two recap episode, but yeah, he is a Rams fan, and he also... Um, you also write for the Dodgers and uh, do a little bit of podcast there. You can talk about that if you want. Yeah, I do write about the Dodgers for Diamond Digest. And from time to time, I'm on the This Week in Baseball podcast from the same company where we just recap everything that's been going on in Major League Baseball for the whole week. There you go. I mean, I'm a I'm from San Diego, so I'm a Padre fan, and we could talk about that. But nah, nah. Uh, the Padres will take over. We'll take over. Maybe one day. I don't know. I don't want to get ahead of that. But yeah. And so this episode, we are talking about the NFC East. And NFC East, kind of kind of interesting in one team we both like. We'll get to it. Um, probably good we're getting this division out the way because it has always been very sorry, especially for the better part of this last decade. And um, But there is one team on here that we do like, and we'll save that for last. Um, it's kind of good to get these other teams out the way. Uh, where do we want to start with first? I'll let you decide what team we should pick. Let's start with the New York Football Giants. Okay. Uh, what do you want to go? For? Well, let's talk about last season real quick. Just like our thoughts on last season. This is my. I, this is what I wrote uh, for my thoughts on the Giants. They were four and thirteen last in the East and uh, just underperformed. I remember seeing games where I'm like, "What is going on?" Drop passes on Thursday Night Football. No production from key pieces. The only player I, le- I really liked was Kadarius Toney before his injury, but he was he brought fire to the team. He brought something to the team, something to watch, and very entertaining. And it was you know disappointing to see that you know it kind of took him a little bit to get out of his shell to produce, make some plays. But when he did make some plays, it was flashy, and then it was almost like it was short lived because uh, because of his injury. Saquon played 13 games. Um, you mentioned it before the podcast. You lo- you know lose your explosiveness um, after dealing with so many injuries. Less than 600 yards. Kenny Galladay, their their uh, maybe their big pickup from last year that everyone thought that they were gonna really take a step forward, and there were some crazy takes I remember from last year saying this could be a frisky team to watch, be a top ten in both offense and defense. Galladay zero touchdowns, less than six hundred yards, um, bad plays, and and going into this offseason, going to this um, upcoming season, I feel like it's the same narrative as last year. Um, some offseason additions and. Some people saying they'll make the leap. I don't like it. I kind of like Daniel Jones like a little bit, but uh, I don't know if he's the answer. It's just a, it's a tough team that's in like purgatory right now. Well, with the additions of um, Brian Dable as the new head coach and Joe Shane taking over as general manager, this is really the transition year right. for the team where they're going to look and see what they have with Daniel Jones, with this being the last year of his rookie deal. If it's not the year for him, they're going to go pick up another quarterback in the draft. They're going to see what works, what doesn't. They have a couple exciting pieces in the draft they picked up in Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal. They also have a piece that I really think is interesting in Wandale Robinson, who may be Kadarius Tony 2.0. Mm. 
gets that classic Debo Samuel comparison. Probably it's not going to be Debo, but if he's 80% of what Samuel is, that's a nice piece for your offense. Well, so that's interesting. I didn't really hear a lot about Wandale Robinson, and that's good because I really feel like they really need another piece. Um, Galladay hopefully steps it up, but it felt like this offense was, you know, lackadaisical, and, and they just need another playmaker in there to get the sparks going because I don't know if Saquon will be able to, you know, get back to his, his former self. OTA's reports have Saquon saying, you know, he's looking good and he's looking sharp, and so hopefully that does continue. And... Um, uh, hopefully this offense gets back on track. Uh, Daniel Jones has yet to play a full year. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Uh, and then for me on this offense, a, a questions at guard for me, and then just overall questions at production. But to have a to have a Debo type player, which it feels like every single team in the league wants a Debo type player now, um, would do wonders for this team, especially with Brian Dable coming in, and and hopefully he'll change things around like you like you mentioned. Yeah, because Brian Dable was basically the driving force of what made Josh Allen, Josh Allen. And I am one of those that is going to fall into that trap. And I genuinely do believe that if Daniel Jones takes that next step and he does have the tools to do so, it's like he's had the tools for for the last few seasons, right? I feel like Dable would be the one to unlock it though. Um, Of course, because a former special teams coordinator in new England is not the guy you want to mentor your young quarterback. Because the thing with Jones is, is he was faster on the infamous trip than Lamar Jackson was mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. His deep ball is arguably the best in the league. The stats, I mean, they, yeah. they, they kind of reflect it, especially how often he throws the ball. And, and, you know, you wouldn't really think of him as, like, one of those big arm talent quarterbacks. But you're right. Like, he he does there, – there are some little, little – The touch on that ball is incredible. Yeah, and, and – and, just the insight on that. He has deep play potential and results and production is there, which is honestly incredible because you don't really think of the Giants as a, as a, as a, as a team that could strike big plays against your defense. Uh, one thing that we m- mentioned, there's some uh, subtractions on this team. They didn't really add too much because they were one of those teams that were hindered by their cap. Uh, Evan Ingram, and I remember... You were talking about their tight ends uh, not looking the best. Yeah, Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph both left in free agency this year, leaving them with a tight end jet chart of Jordan Atkins, Ricky Seals-Jones, who they added in free agency, and rookie Daniel Bellinger. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't um, make me too excited for them. And then uh, losing James Bradbury, a corner, and Austin Johnson, a defensive tackle going to my chargers. And Austin Johnson, a, uh, a low-key good piece. A low-key good piece on the defensive line. And um, he, was, he was really good against the run, especially James Bradbury, another one that's that's uh, going to be missed. On defense, though, I mean, Aziz Ajilari, last year, eight sacks as a rookie. Cannot uh, cannot be mad at that, honestly. And Blake Martinez, he, he got uh, hurt last year. That's a linebacker that you like on this team. And we were saying, yeah, this is kind of a sneaky good defensive front. Thibodeau, Lawrence, uh, Leonard Williams. Uh, but I feel like the secondary definitely has holes last year. Just one interesting fact, though, they were 25th in sack percentage, so they didn't really get to uh, the quarterback, but 13th in interception percentage. So it's like as if, you know, even though their secondary isn't having the most household names, they still had a little bit of production there. So if they could turn things a little bit around, get more production on on uh, the defensive front, Aziz Ajilari continues to produce and improve his game and grow. Um, that might be the strength of this team upcoming. Yeah, because 
Going into last year, everyone was talking about this defense potentially being a top 10 defense in the NFL. Yeah. They did, aside from Bradbury, they didn't really lose that many pieces that made that defensive core so great. And I think the main reason why they struggled so much is the injury to Martinez last year. Because aside from his rookie year, he has 100 tackles in every full season he's played. That's the kind of production you just cannot make up in the yeah, aggregate. This is true. This is true. 100 solo tackles? That's insane. Yeah. I mean, my God. So rookies we mentioned, Kayvon Thibodeau, the first-round pick, fifth pick. And then Evan Neal as well. Um, I love those first two, honestly. It takes care of some some holes, and it brings some really good energy to your team. And, um, I mean, Thibodeau is just a very likable character. And uh, I think he's going to be a fan favorite. And I think they're going to instantly make an impact. If I'm going to choose a Rookie of the Year, though, if I'm going, we're going into the awards now, I'm going to go with Kayvon. But I wouldn't be surprised if Evan Neal is just right there as far as impact for the team, for the rookies. Evan Neal is playing his natural position of right tackle, and yes, he does have to face a lot of ferocious pass rushers in the division, but that's what's going to make him stand out even more, is that he's going to win in a lot of these pass blocking reps. Yeah, I just have a little bit of concerns at guard for me for this offense. Um, I can feel like that could be a weakness for the offense, and then really just comes down to production and Brian Dable. Like you said, it's a transition year, but I would, I would want to see something out of them and and ah oh, dang I just talking about it now it sounds like they could be an interesting team yeah. um it's one of those t- if like I remember seasons being as, as a Charger fan where it's like you kind of sell yourself on a team more than what they really might be and this is probably one of those experiences right now if you're a Giants fan yeah as you're just looking to see what that young core can bring you're holding out hope that Jones is going to be improved and finally make that next step that's been talked about for years on end now but aside from that, you just want to see development of Andrew Thomas, Evan Neal, Thibodeau. You want to look at Ojolari, Robinson. You just want to see who stands out, who doesn't, and who really is going to be the key pieces in this rebuild going forward. Yeah, who's going to stay, who's going to go. I mean, obviously, like you said, it's the transition year for a new front office and coach. So, you know, they're, they're coming into a situation like, okay, this is not really our year to make our stamp and our identity on what kind of players we want. You know, so this is just uh, just to see where they're at, like you said. Um, I got most improved player, maybe a Dory Jackson. Maybe. He hasn't really been a guy that's kind of known as like a lockdown corner. But if we, you know, just talking about this defensive front, uh, like we mentioned, expecting expecting some pretty good play out of them. Usually, the the secondary feeds off of that. That's typically how it goes. And and you know, hopefully, we'll see his interceptions go up. That's who I got for most improved. For me, most improved, and I am fully buying into this. I think it will be Daniel Jones. Oh wow! The tools are there. He doesn't have the same tools that Josh Allen did. But if anybody is going to make Jones a good quarterback in this league, it's going to be Brian Dable. I can see it. I can see it. Brian Dayball, I mean, people forget Josh Allen was a project quarterback, and now he's, uh, you know, an elite one now, top of the league. So He looked rougher than Jones did exactly. in his rookie year. Exactly. Uh, standout player, uh, I'm going to do Xavier McKinney. I'm going to say, bold prediction, he's going to lead safeties in interceptions this year. He was tied for fourth last year, and I'm thinking, you know, maybe this is a better year. A lot of pieces stayed together on this team. And uh, even though it's kind of like a new regime, it still feels like they could build off of the chemistry from last year. And, you know, tied in fourth interceptions, um, it's pretty impressive for a team that really didn't do much. Yeah. 
For me, my standout player is going to be Blake Martinez. Like I said before, 100 tackles in every year except his rookie season. He's coming back and is really going to anchor that linebacker core for the team this year. So who do you have for MVP, Daniel Jones? I'll say Daniel Jones, yes. Okay. For me, I, I think it's Saquon. I, I really don't know if I believe in Daniel Jones. Uh, he's, he's always been a player that seemed to have talent around him and couldn't put it together. Last year was just so bad, though, I could see him bouncing back and being the MVP. But I feel like if this team's going to go anywhere, I really need Saquon to, to be Saquon, or at least some form of what he was, to really just give this team a little bit more flexibility and, and, and a, a more dynamic attack on offense so that it's not all on Daniel Jones. Because if it is all on Daniel Jones, I don't know if yeah. I could. With the fumble problem and the interception problem, it's... You want to take the ball out of his hands as much as possible. For as much as I believe in him, that's stuff that's just always there, and I think it's just going to continue to be there at this point. At this point, yeah, unless you know Dable makes that magic. Um, he hasn't, you know, this is really the best coach he's had. So we could see something yeah. miraculous. I don't know. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things, right. Uh, comeback player of the year. I had Blake Martinez or Kadarius Tony up here. Um, really, it could be either one of these guys, and I like how they're both on different sides of the ball. Uh, I, I, if I'm just gonna, you know, put my input, I want to, I want to see Tony win that award, um, just because I want to see one of the receivers step up and finally be amazing. You know, it's uh, it's it's hard to watch this offense and this team in general. Um, but Blake Martinez, I'm gonna be looking out for him, especially how much you like that guy. Tony is my comeback player. Was really explosive and fun to watch in Florida, and I think. Finally, he's got a coach that knows what to do offensively and will utilize him properly. All right, time to predict their record and their rankings on offense and defense. I don't know. I have them around four to six wins again. I mean, the NFC is so top-heavy that they could sneak more wins, but they, I'm just, you know, just was not impressed with this team in general. Um, the NFC East is so damn weird, too, that they could sneak some, too. But I'm thinking last place or third place in that division. And then for the uh, rankings... Offense, uh, maybe bottom five. I just don't believe in it. I don't know. You were, you were kind of convincing, though. I'm kind of, yeah. not going to admit. Uh, and then uh, defense, I'm going to go 16th. With, uh, right, right smack dab in the middle with some you know, give or take here or there. See, I have them going 4-13 and 13 and finishing last in the division. Too many question marks going forward to confidently say that they'll make an improvement upon last year record-wise. Defensively, they're probably going to be towards the bottom of the pack. Too many concerns for me in the secondary, and we don't know how Martinez is going to play as much as I like him coming off a torn ACL. And offensively, I will say middle of the pack just for how good of an offensive mind Dable is and Jones potentially taking that next step forward. If there was no step forward, where are you putting them? If there's no step forward, I think they would be bottom 10. Okay, all right. I'm going to pick the next team. This is, um, me and Joseph work together at a movie theater. This is our boss's favorite team, the Commanders. Uh, last season thoughts, um, another underperforming team. And this whole division's with underperforming teams. But this was a roster I really liked. A lot of people really liked. And it was like a head scratcher to see how, how poorly they played. Um, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Where did the defense go? Especially that defensive line. Uh, and we had, we had no Fitzmagic experience, unfortunately. Due to my team, the Chargers. Um, but that was one factor that was like, this could be the X factor because Fitzmagic is so damn crazy that um, they kind of needed a, a spark and they just didn't get it. 
What about your thoughts on last year? Last year, like, it's too much to attribute a defensive regression to one player going out. But right. at the same time, you have to realize Chase Young really is that dude on defense for them. He is their Bosa brother. He is their Aaron Donald. He is the core of that defense. So without him, obviously you're going to take some steps back. Offensively, it would have been fun to see Fitzpatrick do his thing. But watching Taylor Heineke play was really the thing that was holding them back the most offensively. Yeah, you couldn't keep that uh, Heineke magic from the Bucks playoff match a few years ago. Uh, addition, subtractions. Um, this is kind of like addition through subtraction. Eric Flowers is gone, but that feels like a good thing. But and Iodonis, uh, the defensive lineman, I, I thought he was really good. He's a good, um, he's a good role player, a good role piece, and he does have production. And that's kind of, it's kind of a huge loss as far as where this team is at. Yeah, because you really need to keep your pass rushers fresh. And Iodonis not only was that guy to keep that defensive line fresh, but also really apply pressure at just the same high level that everyone else on that line was. They all gelled like perfectly. He was a great piece. It was one of those chemistry pieces where you just hate to see go. But an addition, a huge one maybe, potentially, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz season. I want to see him be successful. He's one of those players I, I, I love to see you know, when he's doing well. Comes in to Antonio Gibson, who just had a 1,000-yard season. I do like Antonio Gibson and Scary Terry and Logan Thomas. So, I mean, there are weapons here for Wentz to really work with. And it's just all just, do we believe in Washington? And I, I don't even know. Um, we, Scary Terry doesn't even feel like he wants to be there. Like you said, he re- was he requesting a trade? They were looking at trading him just because of how insane the receiver market is. And right. then they just don't have a use for him. With the quarterback play the way it is. So you can just cash out and get assets for a rebuild if need be. But they're kind of built getting into the season like to be an old school football team if they were going to succeed. With Gibson and McKissick in the backfield and an elite defense potentially. Potentially. That's a good well potentially. I mean it's the same D-line unit. And teams didn't want to run the ball against them last year. They didn't really like to. But they didn't need to. The pass game was just atrocious. I mean, they didn't get no pressure, obviously, to know Chase Young. And the secondary stayed mostly the same from last year to this year. Um, what I have, though, is hopefully Bobby McCain. Um, he's he's, he's going to be the standout player for me. He had four interceptions, 12 from the league, and nine pass deflections. I mean, this this is pretty good for a team that, you know, was mostly picked on. I don't know if he got those numbers due to the fact that people were passing on this team so much. Um, but it's just one of those things where it's like, Ron Rivera, to me, is a coach that always has a good year and then a bad year. It's, it's never two consecutive good years. It's never two consecutive bad years. So I do expect a bounce back year, um, especially in that division that anything could go. So it's all about just putting things together and finally getting to the quarterback, getting people healthy, and, and just being very cohesive. Bobby McCain is one of those players on the back end that I think could um, could really see a jump and people in the league could really uh, uh, really – finally recognize him as, as oh this is a good safety in the back end yeah because I think McCain is one of those that is probably the x-factor on this defense like mm. if he takes a step forward I think that secondary is going to surprise a lot of people especially because Kendall Fuller and William Jackson both are playing like top 30 corners maybe the cornerback duo where you talk about the least but is really really talented so with curl being a solid safety McCain taking a huge step forward, or even like a small step forward, would right. do wonders for this team. Yeah, and William Jackson, like you said, I mean, 
Hopefully, William Jackson can improve. That's what I got um, for hopefully most improved. It's hard to find one that's trending upwards for this Commanders football team. You know, maybe it's uh, maybe it's Antonio Gibson, but I think that the the help needs to be on the defensive side. So, rookie of the year, who do you got? Rookie of the year, I have Fidarian Mathis. He's going to slot into that Ayadonis role. He doesn't have to be that guy right off the bat. He's going to be a lot fresher than most rookies drafted in the first two rounds are going to be. So I kind of expect him to eat defensively on that line. He has a lot of talent to learn from all around that defensive line, which is great. I always love when a when a rookie comes into a pretty good established unit already. I love I love that because it's like their, their learning curve is so steep and it's just going to be accelerated by the fact that they have so many veterans around. You learn the recipes, you learn the moves. I love that. Um, you, before the podcast, you mentioned Jahan Dotson, the head-scratching pick when they could have had Alave. Yeah. Um, and a lot of teams are like, you know what, I'm going to go with familiarity more than anything. They were scouting this guy, it feels like it, because they passed on Olave and Jahan Dotson, is, is, um, we just don't really know what this guy's going to be like. So, I mean, he has an opportunity here with the offense that has playmakers, so he can step up as a two, wide receiver two, and... You know, maybe he will win Rookie of the Year. It's all about impact, and I think that he's going to probably have the more uh, more opportunities than Mathis on the other side of the ball to prove himself as far as, you know, the defensive line has more more players that, that are established and a little bit more depth. Offensively, he's going to be plugged in immediately. Yeah, he's going to be plugged in immediately, and we aren't in those meetings. We don't know what they're planning to do with Wentz after the trade and what they're planning to do with um, McLaurin. It's just... If you have a player of the caliber of Chris Olave sitting there and you know you're looking for receiver, that's when you got to pull the trigger. And that's what's Especially with those talks with Scary Terry, like you said. Did you have a most improved player? Most improved player, I'm going with Jamin Davis. Oh, Jamin Davis. Because he had a decent rookie year, nothing spectacular by any means, but another year with Rivera and that whole defense had a weird year. I can expect him to come in and just be a cleanup guy. 100 tackles would not surprise me this year from him. And they need it, especially with how high they were last year on, on that pick. They were so happy with that pick. So hopefully he does produce. MVP, I got McLaurin, question mark. I mean, he's the. I think he's the best player on this team. As, as far as offensively, Chase Young takes the cake. But he's my comeback player of the year. MVP, if McLaurin has a crazy good season, I mean, I think this... This could put a wrench in a lot of NFC East. This is one of those teams where it's like, ugh, god damn it. Like they have they have the they they have everything to go right though for yeah. them to go far. They They're the it. perfect spoiler team. Exactly. That's a, that's a great way to put it. My MVP, I'm gonna go with Antonio Gibson, is with Wentz being a known commodity and you're not quite sure you're ever gonna reach those twenty seventeen heights with him ever again. Like, you're going to have to run the football to keep that defense fresh going forward. And I think he is going to have another great year carrying the rock. Definitely see it. I want him on my fantasy team for sure. Comeback, we both have Chase Young. Yeah. No surprise there. Season record, I got another four-win team, to be honest. Um, ceiling for the defense, I think it's top 15. It's just so hard with, like, with where they're coming from. And then offense in the 20s. I, I don't know if uh, you're going to disagree with me, though. I am. I think they're going to be 8-9. and nine. They're that perfect spoiler team. Like, offensively, they're not going to win a shootout with Dallas or L.A. or Tampa Bay. 
but the defensively they'll give you enough fits to keep it close and that's where you can scratch out a lot of wins offensively they're going to be a bottom 10 offense maybe even a bottom five not a lot of faith in Wentz there and a run-based offense just doesn't do well in the modern nfl defensively they could be a top 10 unit if everything goes right if davis takes that step forward mccain takes that step forward they're a top 10 defense i just i just try to get a feel on these guys man it's so hard um because last year i was so high on them and now yeah now it's like what the hell all right moving on to the dallas cowboys i never liked mike mccarthy Never liked Mike McCarthy, but let's talk about Dak Prescott. I mean, numbers are there, but does he pass the eye test? Like, what is his special ability that separates him that will that will elevate this team, that will have the clutch moment? He doesn't feel like he's a mobile quarterback anymore after his injury. I mean, he's fine enough to move in the pocket, but he's not scary when he's running the ball anymore. And there's... No more Zeke eating unless he's eating off the field and making himself slower. He's not hitting the holes like he used to. It's a different team. I mean, they lost Amari Cooper as well. The wide receiving core feels a little bit uh, uh, lacking now. Where, where are they going to get their depth? Um, Tony Pollard, I feel like, should be that guy. I mean, there's so much to talk about with this Cowboys. It, it's uh, Where do you want to go? Well, they lost so much talent, and they got they they hit well last year in free agency on these one-year deals and unfortunately you can't afford to pay everybody again because they're producing well and you can't get them back on those same deals so this receiver core went from being arguably the best in the league to being a huge huge question mark and especially with Dak being inconsistent at times we don't know what they're going to look like offensively I can almost guarantee they're not going to repeat as the number one scoring offense yeah which is like it feels like that that stat that we looked up being number one scoring offense doesn't even feel real. It doesn't feel real at all, especially with how they're looking. So they lost Amari Cooper, they lost Lyle Collins, Cedric Wilson, and Michael Gallup. Uh, it's it's tough, and um, I think like I said, Pollard should be that guy. I think for the offense, it's probably going to see a lot of two running back maybe um, formations out of shotgun, just because I feel like that's the most creative way to to um, leverage all the talent you've got. I think you need to do that because it cannot be where Zeke is in and then Pollard comes in and subs him out. It's it's too predictable on what's going to happen on what you're going to be trying to do on those plays. And uh, it's just not scary. And, and I think that, you know, maybe this team can provide a little bit of a, of, a, of a spark in the first few weeks of the season. Teams are always caught off guard. Um, just they're going to be figured out, though, by, by the time midseason happens. And, and that's when the real test is going to happen. McCarthy is not the type of guy that I think that would have game plan adjustments and, and can adapt and to the to the struggles of the season, to adversity. So, you know, maybe maybe the best hope is for a, a great a great start to get the season going and, and Jerry Jones selling tickets and all that. Because honestly, like with the amount of money they're spending Zeke, it's he's not gonna go anywhere, which unfortunately I think he should have a diminished role. Yeah, because Tony Pollard is really that guy for the offense. Is When he touched the ball, he was far more explosive than Elliott was. But because you're paying Elliott all this money, you kind of have to use him. And I think that would unlock the offense even more this year and kind of take some of that pressure off Dak. 
because that's what got him injured and last year. And you need year. to, and you really need to get the pressure off Dak because it, it, he doesn't seem to be the guy that's going to you know, meet the pressure and, and, and live up in the moment. And, and it just doesn't feel like they want to do that. You don't see them doing that. Yeah, because Jones is very set in his ways. McCarthy's very set in his ways. You know McCarthy's I mean? very set in Jones. It's really Jerry Jones on the sideline. It really is. Defense, um, we both thought Trevon Diggs was overrated. I mean, you're not going to see a stretch of interceptions like that from him again and maybe from another corner like that again for a very long time. And, um, I mean, if he just gets those yards allowed down, then he's going to be viewed at very differently. And I'm not impressed by the defensive line or the front seven besides Parsons or Van Der Esch. And even Van Der Esch is a different type of linebacker. He's not that same um, linebacker where he was, where he was top five, top ten at least in the league a few years ago. So I, I, this defense right here is honestly not scary to me. And, and uh, if it's not the offense's lack of production or, or lack of ability to be dynamic, it's going to be this defense that takes it down for sure. Yeah, because the defense was very much a surprise last yeah. year. No one expected them to be the unit that they were. But a lot of things are going to go against this defense. Is Even last year, with the 11 interceptions, there was talk of, he, per PFF, Diggs gave up ele- almost 1,100 yards in coverage. Yep. And the talk was, yes, 11 interceptions are great, but the, is the trade-off worth it? Exactly. And now the talk is... Is Parsons going to go back to linebacker, or is he just going to be exclusively pass rush? And either way, you're losing something from either unit with that. And you just want to see what takes the hit, and you can't afford to play around with that midseason. With as talented as Parsons is, he really needs a set role. Yeah, this is a team that's going to go through a metamorphosis. The Cowboys go through kind of this changing of the guard at running back every few years, and now it's like... This team has nothing to look forward to. It's it's gonna be a tough year. I I'd be very surprised if McCarthy just pulls it out of him. Uh, any more thoughts on the offense defense before we go into the awards? I think offensively, the only thing I would kind of say is Michael Gallup coming back is huge to fill that Amari Cooper void. So that's why they kind of let him go. And Dak was good before the injury. But it's just, these are two years with bad injuries for Prescott, so health is something we got to look at for him now. All right, let's get into the awards. Um, Tyler Smith. This, this is one thing I do like about the Cowboys is that they always draft pretty well at their offensive lineman positions. And you said that their offensive line coach is immaculate. I do think so because they're always going to be pretty good there. With They're always going to hit with those, those picks. First round... Um, Offensive tackle to guard, though. That's just one thing. Maybe uh, could be a little bit of a struggle, but I think tackle is definitely harder than guard to play, so maybe not too hard of a transition. Do you have someone different? I have someone different. I have Jalen Tolbert, the receiver, as their rookie of the year because James or um, Wilson last year had 45 catches for 602 yards and 6 TDs. Gallup is going to replace Cooper's production, but you need someone to replace that production. I think he is probably your best bet to replace that kind of production. So he's sneaky in terms of rookie of the year discussion. Fantasy value? I think he's a value pick for sure in fantasy. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. Thank you for telling me that. <laughs> most improved. I'm going to go Trevon Diggs. If he stops giving up so many goddamn yards, of course he's going to be most improved. And he's going to be on elite corner talks. 
Hopefully, I haven't read too much OTA news on Trevon Diggs, but um, if he's anything like his brother as far as work ethic, I'm sure that we will see an improvement. Most improved, I have James Washington for the same reason Tolbert was Rookie of the Year, is someone has to take that Wilson production, and if you're looking for a more established player, Mm. Wilson's or Washington is probably your best bet. For standout player, I said I was going to lob you up for this, for the safeties. You said something kind of interesting before the podcast. Yeah, Curse, I think, is going to be really, really solid for this defense. If Diggs cannot keep the man in front of him like he's supposed to or we expect him to this year, is he's going to have to clean up a lot. And you're going to notice that when Diggs goes for the pick, misses the ball, and he comes in and saves the touchdown. But you said both safeties, though. Both safeties are really good, too. But Curse, I think, is probably the guy you're looking for the most. Hooker needs to stay healthy. But if he does stay healthy, too, he's in that same role where he's going to clean up a lot of the mistakes that this secondary is going to make. I like it. I like it a lot because they need something else on that defensive side. And to have two safeties, you know, uh, potentially be an incredible duo, I think would help out this team a lot. My MVP is going to be Tony Pollard. I think it's going to be undeniable, his impact, um, how much he cha- the offense looks different when he's in there and out of there. And so I think that his value is going to be the most valuable thing on this team. It's going to help out Dak a lot too. It's just going to have such a ripple effect on this offense that, it's like you said, it's going to open up a lot more that there's no way he's not going to be the most valuable player. See, I will go with Micah Parsons as my MVP. Because whatever unit he plays for is going to be really, really good. That's true. And conversely, whatever unit he doesn't play for, you're really going to notice his absence. So in terms of value, that's going to be the most apparent thing aside from quarterback. I think you win there. I think you win there for sure. Especially the fact that how little depth they have on the defensive side of the ball. That, yeah, his value right there, his impact is just... It won't compare to any other player. It's just going to be... Uh, on this team, it's going to be so much more. All right, comeback player. I, this is more a of a wishful thinking. I need Zeke to be the comeback player of the year if this team is going to go far, if this team is going to look anything like people want them to look like. Um, I think another good team in this NFC East division would help a lot. I'm tired of seeing so many primetime games with the Cowboys in there and just it doesn't look fun. If Zeke can come back and look good, then then I would be happy because I, I hate seeing bad football. So I need Zeke to be comeback player of the year. Yeah, for me, it's going to be Michael Gallup. He's going to take a lot of that Amari Cooper production, and that's going to be huge, especially with how prolific this offense is leaning towards the pass. He's going to have a great, great season. This is a weird team. I don't know why I have them at 9 to 12 wins. It depends on how, the, how well they do. I think I give them a little bit more credit because of Dak. And because of how this team could still surprise us on offense, I think that I give them a little bit more uh, more benefit of the doubt than these other uh, teams in the East. Yeah, 10 and 7 is about where I have this team. Okay. Is You cannot forget how good Dak looked before the injury last year. He was playing like a top five quarterback in this league. So the prospect of getting that Dak Prescott back really excites me, even though it's no guarantee. I can totally see him being a team that gets a lot of yards and gives up a lot of yards at the same exact token. They'll just be a fun team to watch. No exactly. Exactly. I would love that. Uh, I got them top 10 to 15 on offense and defense bottom half of the league. Offense, I think they're still going to be a top 10 offense. Like As much as the receiver room is concerning at points, someone will step up and be receiver three. 
And on top of that, like the two-headed duo of Elliott and Pollard is good enough. What's the last time we saw a duo at running back really take over the league or really? I would say the half season of Kareem Hunt and Chubb in Cleveland. That was that was that was actually really good. You're right. That's actually really good. What what would you what would you rather have? I would have Chubb and Hunt over Pollard and Zeke. Yeah, Chubb and Hunt for sure. If it was prime Zeke. That'd be a lot more fun. That would be like okay. Well, then, what do you think? Prime Zeke. If Zeke was in his prime, if we get a prime Zeke this year, if we get a prime Zeke, ooh, I I would probably go Dallas at that point because just prime Zeke was something else. Yeah, but I still like Nick Chubb. I think Chubb and Zeke match well. Yeah, Chubb and Zeke match well, and then it's really between Hunt and Pollard. Yeah, that's a tough battle. That's 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 interesting. Ah. Pollard is so damn good. Yeah, but his production is there. Going that Hunt and Pollard, I'm kind of like, I'll take Cleveland. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. I, I uh, that's a tough one. That's a good question. You guys should let us know what would you guys rather have as a duo, Chubb and Hunt or Pollard and Zeke. All right, last team in the East, the team that I'm very excited about, the team that we both think is going to take the East, the Eagles. Last season thoughts for me, um, they were 9-8, second in the East. Uh, they should have ran the ball a lot earlier in the season than they really did. Every, every time they touched the ball on the ground, um, it felt like they got yards, and it just took them forever to realize, oh, gosh, we're actually a good running team. Ended up being the number one rushing team in the league. And um, I really like Landry, Landon Dickerson's stability, growth, improvement, solidification. That's what I wrote for him. I mean, he came in for an injured, I cannot remember his name. It's in a tough name to remember. Um I will get back to it in a second. But he came in for an injured guard who I believe tore his ACL or it was Achilles. And Leonard Dickerson was a rookie last year. Instantly filled in those shoes and, and solidified his starting spot. And he's just going to get better. He's just going to get better. And he's a great pick. And he's a great um, offensive lineman. And then um, Jalen Hurts' criticism. I think I think a lot of his criticism is kind of surface level. If you really break down this team a little bit more, he's a great player. He gets he, he's very impactful in other other places than just the passing game. You have to take into account the player's game. It's not just about the quarterback and position, and and it's about what what they can do and entail it. It's kind of like how Lamar Jackson gets his unfair amount of criticism. I still love Lamar, so I think Jalen Hurts, you know, he's done a great job at blocking out the hate, and I think he's just going to get better as we break it down. Yeah, Jalen Hurts is not only like a good and talented player and a great runner as a quarterback, but he's an incredible leader too. Yeah. Is you hear nothing but positive things about Hertz wherever he goes. And on top of that, like making sure after what happened at FedEx field, like he was on top of it. He wanted to make sure the fans were okay. He wanted to make sure it never happened again. Like that's the kind of guy you want leading your team going forward. Of course. And a little bit of a, a nugget right here. It's the first time he's in the same system in consecutive years since high school. Since high school. That's crazy. That is crazy. And according to Bleeding Green Nation, this is a, a website covering the Eagles, um, Jalen Hurts and OTAs looks amazing. And they, they this is the title of the article. If OTA Hurts shows up in the regular season, the Eagles go to the Super Bowl. Um, I haven't seen too many clips of him in OTAs, but if it's anything like that, and if it's anything better than last year, and then I really do think he's going to take a leap, and we really do like this team as we're going to break it down, um, I could totally see it. That doesn't seem like out of the realm of possibility. Um, 
Let's talk about their additions first before we get too crazy. Um, obviously, the biggest one, A.J. Brown. Great job getting A.J. Brown. He's coming from an offense that's very good at running the ball in the Titans to the number one rushing attack just last year. And I think that that's going to continue with a, with a team that definitely has the same exact offensive line as last year. And it's just going to continue. I feel like they found their identity in, in running the ball and, and realized how much it's opened up for Jalen Hurts as well. Um, I think that A.J. Brown's going to continue his production, if not get it better, because Devontae Smith feels like another wide receiver one. So there's going to be problems and mismatches on this offense that they could propose. I think Goddard's going to have a little bit of a growth in, the, uh, in this year as well as far as numbers because, I mean, how could you not think that he's going to grow? Yeah, tight ends tend to play like a huge role in like run-first offenses, and he doesn't have to share the load with them, Dallas Goddard anymore. So that's going to be – Or Zach Kurtz, mm-hmm. my bad. It's going to be huge for them. On top of that, like just going back to A.J. Brown, is he hasn't averaged less than 15 yards per catch since college. <laughs> wow. And in his rookie year, Devonta Smith had 14.3 yards per catch. Wow. That's an incredible 1A, 1B duo if I've ever seen one. That's great. That's, inc- that's incredible. I didn't even know that. That's crazy. Sticking with their additions, going to the defensive side, and this is where things get very fun. Um, cornerback James Bradbury. Uh, he was a longtime Panther in the last two seasons with the Giants. I like the fact that he's staying within the NFC East. Gives them a little bit of a of a familiarity. Obviously, you played the East already. And you get a little bit of a inside uh, homework from Giants camp on how you know wide receivers like to run over there and, and stuff like that. So it's a, it's a pretty smart pickup to pick up a guy within the division. This one right here hurts me to say. Kaiser White, Charger, 100 tackle season last year and he's he did not have the same caliber defensive line in Los Angeles as he's coming into right now in the Eagles and I think he's going to have another 100 tackle season and he's another guy that does pretty well in coverage I mean this is a guy who I think is going to go pro bowl talent at least put his name in for all uh, all pro talent this year I would put a parlay on that shit um, because this is I'm, I'm telling you right now he's going to be great and with the addition of Hassan Reddick and Jaquiski Tart, let's go with Reddick. Back-to-back 10-plus sack seasons in Arizona and Carolina. Now a new system, but he's, he's joining great players on this defensive line. I expect another 10-plus sack season to continue. And Jaquiski Tart in the back end. Longtime 49er, used to playing a lot, uh, used to playing around great talent in the 49ers. And I think he's just going to be a pretty good piece in the back end. Yeah, Tart is a great piece in the back end, and I'm not just saying that because he did drop that pick in the um, <laughs> NFC Championship game. But he's always been a solid player and going to be a great piece for that secondary. But Kaiser Kazir White is going to be huge for this team, like already with two great run stoppers. When people look at his contract, they're going to say, oh, wow, it's not that much of a, you know, we're not paying this guy that much, we're not expecting him to do much. No, like this guy... This guy's gonna be demanding a huge contract by next year. I mean, it's a great value contract. I can't believe that it was around. I think it was less than ten million, or, or just around there. And uh, I mean, just just be ready, Eagles fans. You're gonna love this guy. All right, moving on. Let's predict the offense a little bit. I'm predicting for Jalen Hurts a four thousand passing yard season with a one thousand rushing yard season. 5,000 total yards and 30 plus total TDs. I think it's I think it's uh that type of year. And honestly, if he has that type of year, that's an MVP type year. 
honestly, that's kind of similar to um, 2018 Lamar. Yeah. But for me, like, Miles Sanders is someone we do, are not talking about that we should be because yeah. per next-gen stats, he was expected to get five yards per carry in this Eagles rushing offense. So you have to account for him and Hurts in the run. No matter who you key, on, key in on, the other's just going to take off for a good chunk of yards every time. I like Miles Sanders a lot, and I like this offense a lot. I just like I just like everything about it. Their offense stayed, offensive line stayed the same, defensive line stayed the same. Um, let's see, what about defense? Do you have any other for the offense? Maybe Rieger takes that step forward. Oh, that's a great that's a great point. He has the talent and the pedigree, and he's finally got pieces around him to where he doesn't have to be the guy. The pressure's kind of off of him. So if he really is going to hit his potential, this is the year for him to do it. I haven't mentioned a most improved player. I'll, I'll talk about that when we get there. Um, defense, my notes, uh, intact defensive line with an improved edge in secondary. Return of Brandon Graham from Achilles. A lot of Eagle fans are going to be happy about that. Um, I'm ready to talk about the awards after this defense. What do you got for defense? For defense, oh, man, this defensive line is going to be incredible. Yeah. Fletcher Cox and Jordan Davis. Yeah, I'll just pass. Thank you very much. <laughs> exactly. I got Jordan Davis right here, Rookie of the Year for them. But they also got Cam Jurgens, their second-round pick, as a good uh, good little depth piece for their for their offensive line if things go down again like how it did last year. And then there, another Georgia player, N'Kobe Dean, the linebacker. Um, I think that he could you know, really, really learn a lot and, and improve his game and maybe even be a plug-and-play player, an underrated one. N'Kobe a lot of depth. Dean. He is the steal of the draft for me. He was incredible in that Georgia defense last year. So he has time to get right from his injury, to learn. And once he comes on this field, you're going to realize, like, oh, my God, this defense just got more scary, if that's even possible. Yeah, I like this Eagles team. It's it's honestly interesting because I didn't really um, realize how much talent they had last year. It wasn't reflected on you know their season at all. Um, who do you have for Rookie of the Year? Is it going to be Jordan Davis for you? It's going to be Jordan Davis as well. I want to say him. But honestly, uh, it's either him or N'Kobe Dean. Would it be? Uh, I'd be happy with either or. Most improved player. I, I put whoever steps up at wide receiver three or if Goddard becomes uh, the third weapon on this offense that steps up big. It's going to be either Quez Watkins or Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager less than 300 yards last season. What is that? But anyone who steps up at wide receiver three is my pick. It's going to be Jalen Hurts. It's the easy pick. It's the obvious pick. Everything is around Hurts for him to succeed. And we've never really seen the talent Jalen Hurts has had, whether it be in the pros in college. And this is finally the chance for him to show, like, no, I am the guy too. I think, I think everyone should be rooting for Jalen Hurts. I don't know why Jalen Hurts would have any haters. Stand-up player, I got Kaiser. What about you? I got Barnett. Oh. He's going to come in and just clean up on third and long. Because that's what they're planning to do is just, you're not going to run the ball on us. So he's going to win a lot of those pass rush reps going forward. I like that. Uh, maybe another one could be Hassan Reddick, the standout player. He's a great pick too. All right, come back. Easy pick. Fan favorite, Brandon Graham. What about you? Brandon Graham. Yeah. Too easy. <laughs> too easy, too easy. And he's just going to – you mean – he probably had a vacation last year, and he's like, oh, my God, I'm so happy with this team I'm coming back into. Eagles, so happy to see us. I got him as a 10-win to 12-win team. I, I, don't, I don't understand how you could go less than nine 
from last year. And uh, I'm have them winning the NFC East. I got them for offensive rankings. The floor is top 10, the ceiling top 5. Defense, floor top 10, ceiling 1. I have them as a 12-5 and five team in your NFC East champs. They shocked a lot of people with the, their performance last year, and they improved a lot, and a lot of players are going to take that next step in their progression. So 12 wins is an easy prediction for me. Offensively, they're going to be a top 10 offense. Regardless of whether Hurts plays well or not, there's just too much talent in that rushing attack alone for them to finish anywhere less than 10th. Defensively, they're going to be a top 10 defense, pushing even top 5 just with how much talent there is on the defensive line and in the secondary. Slay and Bradbury are probably the best corner duo in the league. They're both top 20 players, yep. and it's not going to be like, I oh, look, it's Jair Alexander. I'm not throwing the ball over there. You have to throw the ball to one of them and just yep. hope for the best. It's going to be fun to watch this team. The only thing that I hope is something about this NFC East team, they just disappoint, you know? Last year, it was the Giants and Commanders. I hope this is not another one where we fall in love in the offseason and they just do not perform. It is hard to see them doing that, though. It is hard to see them not living up to this potential. At least a 10-win season, at the very least. Too much talent and depth on the roster for them to be a disappointing team. Even if a couple key pieces go down with injury, you know, A.J. Brown goes down, Zach Paschal is a solid option at receiver. All right, well, I think that wraps it up for the NFC East. So what would we go for as far as order in the division? Eagles first, Cowboys, Washington, Giants? Eagles, Cowboys, Commanders, Giants, yes. All right, that is our predictions, and we are happy you guys listen to us. Um, please welcome Joseph to the team. Um, Joseph? Go ahead and plug your social medias, and uh, you could go ahead and plug Diamond Digest wherever else you'd like. I'm on at Twitter at Cooler Than You Joe No E, and then you can follow me and my um, baseball work at Diamond Digest, both on Twitter and Instagram. We do a lot of cutting edge journalytics, if that is the kind of thing you're into for baseball. There you go. And for everyone here at Tough Podcast, you guys can follow Tough underscore Podcast on Twitter. If you like fantasy, tough underscore fantasy for betting and fantasy football. If you're a Chargers fan, somehow listening to an NFC East podcast, go follow tough underscore Chargers. And also a quick shout out to Brad and his mom. Shout out to Brad and his mom. We're thinking of you. Um, speedy recovery. And for David, we're thinking of you too, just because I want to shout you out too. So welcome, Joseph, to the new team. For Lucas, for everyone here, we hope you have a beautiful day and we are out.